As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a true crime podcast, as the title suggests. So please consider this your warning, that it's not suitable for children. And it probably will contain content that may be triggering to some people. Also, it's an Australian true crime podcast. So Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners should be aware it may contain the voices of deceased people. The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. We're currently at the address of 24 Street, Kudal. Adam, I have a search warrant 
uh, in regards to Section 42 of the Criminal Investigation Act 2007 here to execute on your premises. Uh, we're looking for a number of things. Forensic samples inclusive of biological matter, mobile phones belonging to uh, Frank LaRosa and Kim LaRosa. Adam McHale was 23 years old when this search warrant was executed on his home in relation to the murders of Kim and Frank LaRosa. Adam and his father Frank were convicted of the murders in 2011. And headlines around the country referred to the crime as the La Rosa drug dealer murders. The story was, of course, much more complicated than that. For Frank LaRosa's long-suffering daughter Lisa, it was the end of the most profound and complicated relationship in her life. And she joins us today to talk about surviving her dad. We begin by hearing about Lisa's childhood with Frank. My dad immigrated to Australia when he was three. He is of an Italian background, so he was born in Calabria. And my mum is English and she was born in Tubridge Wells in Kent. So they both came to Australia. My mum was only a teenager. My dad was very young and they met when my mum first arrived here in Australia back in the 60s. He was a Vietnam vet and I guess whatever he saw there, and this is only my, you know, it's only what I think, but I think he saw a lot of horror and atrocity and probably delivered a lot of horror and atrocity and it changed him. When did he move into crime and what sort of criminal enterprises did he move into? Well, I would say he's probably had his finger in a lot of pies for many years, but for me to actually be aware of it was during my childhood when I was growing up. Um, he had marijuana plants growing in the backyard that we used to help him harvest and pick shade leaves and things like that. But unbeknownst to us what it was, he never sort of said that this was, you know, marijuana or cannabis. The fact that they came and raided our home in Greenwood, mum had had enough by then and she left. So, you know, she didn't want to be put through the humiliation and she left him and we moved out and, yeah, so after that they ended up divorcing and they escalated his business pursuits. Things started going pear-shaped for me in early childhood with Dad. One New Year's Eve when I was under 10, we went to a party across the road. I, I went with him, so he allowed me to go with him. Um, everybody else had gone to bed. We came back. But rather, we lived in a three-storey home, so rather than go upstairs and wake everybody, we went down to the to the bedroom downstairs and there were a couple of single beds. But he climbed into one and I climbed into the other and he called me over to his bed and that just scared the hell out of me. I said, what are you doing, Dad? He said, come here. And I said, no. And uh, he said, come here. And I said, no, Dad. I said, you're scaring me. I didn't go. But I laid awake for the rest of the night and got out of there as soon as I could, you know. So uh, that changed my relationship with my dad very early and I carried that around for a long time. And not long before joining the Air Force, I took him to task on it and I asked him about it and he actually didn't even remember it. So he 
he apologised and I accepted his apology. He said he'd been drinking a lot and uh, he hadn't remembered the incident but he was deeply sorry that he'd scared me like that. But, yeah, it, it felt scary and that changed how I viewed him from that moment on. In the mid-90s, my husband and I both left the Air Force and came home to Perth, so that's where we discharged at RAF Base Pierce and it was tight. Times were tight, times were tough. We had two little children by then and he had a home that he'd bought next door to my nonna in in Balcatta and uh, we moved into there. And it was around that time that things started to become clear when he'd have uh, packages sent to my address. He had a uh, workshop in Osborne Park, which he had a front, I guess you could call it a front for doing cars, making cars, uh, fixing cars up, panel beating and engines and stuff. So from what I can gather, looking back on it, that would have been his little sort of office what was he up to, really? Uh, well, he was wheeling and dealing in narcotics, you know, heroin and amphetamines and all these things. And uh, I wasn't totally aware of that because he didn't he didn't do it in front of me. But I ended up getting sort of mixed up in it all because he'd asked me to go and deposit money into banks and uh, I guess... At the time, I wasn't aware that it was money laundering, but it soon became clear when they raided my house and uh, rocked up after a visit. So a package arrived at my house. I didn't know it was coming until the day before, and he said, don't open it, just, you know, take possession of it. Anyway, it turns out it was heroin, and I'd flushed it down the toilet. Um, And back in the mid 90s, it was like 80 grand's worth of drugs that I just flushed down the toilet and he wasn't happy about that, don't you worry. So he he threatened to kill me because I'd actually, you know, cost him a lot of money. But the very next day, uh, my house was raided and had I not have disposed of those drugs, I would have been sharing a cell with him. I went to the Uh, the headquarters in Perth and I was interrogated till all hours of the morning about all this money laundering that had been going on and um, they wanted to know what I knew and I told them what I knew and they finally did let me go but I ended up having a breakdown that next day because it's not what I'm used to. I, I don't, you know, my mindset is not criminal but I ended up in Ward 2K at Royal Perth for about 12 weeks in a psychiatric ward because I simply had a breakdown. From that point, my husband, because we'd just started a business too, so he'd gone guarantor for an electrical business and we just, my my husband pulled me out of there and we up stakes and moved interstate. But eventually he, uh, he, was, he was jailed for particular incident of, you know, money laundering and and importing narcotics, heroin and and, uh, drugs. So that was it and we didn't speak for many years after that. I left him there and I felt quite good that I had left him there. Uh, He was where he needed to be and luckily I wasn't sharing a cell with him.
So he was released from prison, I guess, what, early 2000s? Yeah. Uh, I think he might have served six or seven years of that 12-year sentence. And then what? Did he sort of get back to, to dealing, do you think? Oh, yeah. I, I don't think he ever stopped. But we didn't have much of a relationship after that because of the threats and things. And it wasn't until my grandmother died and that was, you know, it must have been early 2000s when my grandmother, my nonna, died. And uh, I saw him at the funeral and, I mean, he was a broken man then because he just adored his mum. And we reconnected, but by then it was always at an arm's length and I'd certainly grown up and matured since then and so he couldn't bend me like he used to. He couldn't intimidate me like he used to and uh, our relationship was on my terms. We were on the mend and uh, in the last couple of visits he did say that he was cleaning up his act and he'd been to Vietnam a few times and he'd met a lady there and he ended up marrying that lady and uh, he was getting out. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you remember when you were first notified that your dad, Frank, and his wife, Kim, were missing? Um, yeah, I do, actually. It was uh, very strange. I received a 
I was sitting in the lounge room um, watching TV one evening and I had a phone call from my auntie, my dad's youngest sister, and she said to me, oh, have you heard from your dad? And I said, no, not in, not in a few weeks. The last time he rang me, we were, you know, talking about toe socks and um, I couldn't wait for him to get off because there's a couple of hours time difference and it was late at our end, so... You know, I just wait for him to get off the phone, and I said, "No, I haven't. I haven't heard from him." And she said, "Oh, okay then. Um, yeah, all right," and hung up. And I turned to my husband and I said, "Oh, that was a really, really weird phone call." I think it was the next day she rang me back and she said that she'd reported him missing because uh, they'd gone to visit and there was rotting meat on the on the bench and um, things were left as if they were coming back but they hadn't been seen. So it looked like they'd left either in a hurry or left unexpectedly or, yeah. I actually had this really sick feeling after that. Yeah, whoever did this didn't want him found. I didn't think he was coming back, even back then. So he went missing in June 2008 and was found in January 2009 on the 13th of both days. He was found three metres deep in a hole with gunshot wounds, him and his wife. Um, He was found on his goat farm that he had that was in his so-called best mate's name. He was murdered by a father and son over some money. This is what they believe. Dad had loaned the son some money to get married And they didn't want to pay the loan out, so they bumped him off. So they are Frank uh, McHale is the father? Yeah. And Adam is the son? Yeah. All the spiders come out from the rocks, you know, and they all creeped away. When Dad went, his house was sold. The farm was sold a fortnight after he went missing and then he was murdered and then missing, you know, and and I really think that they thought he'd never be found. So a number of parties benefited from your father's demise. Yeah. You know, as much as he and I didn't speak for years on end, I knew that I could pick up the phone and call my father at any time, any moment in the day, and he would be right there. I knew that. So, you know, he was a big cornerstone in my life and he's just gone. There's always doubt and suspicions throughout the family. So, you know, you start to doubt even family. It's fractured families, although I speak to my aunties. I love, I love my family still. This is the quandary I find myself in as much as, you know, they hurt you. They're still your blood. They're still your family. But as I say, lots of things went missing I don't know. It's it's very hard to not have suspicions, you know, was it a planned hit? Yeah, and your dad just was such a huge presence in everybody's lives that it's hard not to let him continue to be, I guess. Because you've written a book called Collateral Damage. It's a memoir about your life, but obviously your life through the lens of your life with your dad. Yeah. How was that? Was that helpful to write it all down? Yeah. So when COVID hit in 2020 was the best time to 
be able to sit down and write it. I, I always figured and uh, a girlfriend of mine always said, you know, you need to write a, a story, you need to write write a book. And I thought, yeah, one day I will. And uh, COVID gave me the time and space to do that. And I found it really hard reliving, very emotional reliving, but I found it very therapeutic. I'm older and wiser and I'm living a good life. Thank you to our guest today, Lisa. If you need support after listening to this podcast, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or contact 1800 RESPECT on 1800 737 732 or 1800respect.org.au. Indigenous Australians can contact 13 Yarn on 139276 or 13yarn.org.au. Thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime. We'll be back next week. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out.